Hello, everybody. Welcome to Optional Opinion here on Anomalous Radio Network. I'm your host, Eddie V. Thank you guys for joining me. I have special, special, special guests. I, uh, you know, I plug their show every time now that I end the episode. <laughs> and these guys are, they're just so great, so wonderful. And uh, when I found out how close they are to me, I cannot wait, hopefully, to connect with them and just nerd out with them. Everybody, please welcome the guys are the host of Simon's Cake. Cake Simon's Cake. <laughs> yes, Simon's Cake. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hey. And can here. you guys introduce yourselves? Uh I'm George. And I'm Camille. And I'm Joe. And we host Simon's Cake Podcast. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And they do have a YouTube uh YouTube play uh page uh Simon's Cake uh on YouTube. Um, and if you want to know more about them and check out their podcast, you could uh, go to their website, Simon's Cakes, uh, Simon's Cake, po- <laughs> Simon's Cake WordPress dot. Uh, oh goodness! Yeah, uh, <laughs> Wait, we got that. We'll we, we, we got that. We do this <laughs> Yeah, Simon's Cake dot WordPress dot com. <laughs> <laughs> And I and I, I look and the thing about it, I recorded earlier last week, and I uh I think I'm almost messed up, but I I'll make sure that I type out the whole thing to give it to you. And you guys also can follow them on Twitter at Simon's Cake uh, Podcast. Mm-hmm. Yes, all right, Just Simon's Cake. Okay, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, every time I put Simon's Cakes, I don't know why I put the S on cakes. I I just. It's so weird to me, uh, and that's completely my fault, everybody. But, anyways, um, can you guys give us a background on the start of your podcast? Sure. Oh, the start of it. How did we start? How did we start? Well, <laughs> it was George's idea. Uh, it was all my idea. No, I think it was me and George. Yeah. Um, we basically we we've been friends for a while, and we really like some of the same games and we end up talking about them for a good while we end up like really theorizing and talking about the music and what we liked about certain games especially ones we're playing currently so this the idea for a podcast came up where like you know what these conversations are awesome let's like record them mm-hmm. and share this with other people like i'm sure everyone else like likes to talk with their friends like it's basically like come be a part of our group and listen to our opinions, and then uh-huh. you know join in and talk talk to us too if you guys want to about how how you feel about certain games. So our podcast, we sit down, we pick a game, we uh, spend like a good while playing that game until we finish it, and then we come together and talk about it. Yeah, we 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 basically decided to we're gonna have these conversations anyway, so why not record them and put them mm-hmm. on the internet? So right. for some reason, they recruited my dumbass to go help them. <laughs> it, it was to me. Talk about it. We needed a third voice, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just you had you had some gaming knowledge that me and Camille didn't have, so we, definitely. Yeah, that's like, true. We we had to have Joe come on. It's it's a good like trifecta here because we have Joe who's a lot more into the older games and you know even the newer games that kind of replicate the older stuff uh-huh. is covered by him. And then I'm a small circle of games, but those are my things. And then George is kind of you know older games, a little more into. I feel like you're the more diverse of all yeah, of us. George. I'm the shotgun. I, yeah, I like... he likes a lot of stuff. <laughs> You know. I'll hit anything I could hit. So, so with that said, you know we got a nice spectrum of at least um, opinions and or just you know variety of games. So, 
it kind of worked out that way for us actually mm-hmm. that wasn't intended but <laughs> i like it that's so awesome uh and and the thing we're thinking about it is is that what you guys just stated is all me like uh i started retro and i'm still playing like modern games and i just mm-hmm. have sometimes have a weird taste and i haven't gotten to pc yet i'm still trying to get into pc so yes i will be playing undertale hopefully <laughs> of my computer yes. can run it and uh and I, because I, I just feel like I'm like, I need to play my Wii U. My oh no, I gotta play Undertale. <laughs> I have to figure out what's going on. Um, but that's that's completely awesome, completely awesome. Um, by the way, what are you guys playing at the moment? Uh, individually as a group? Uh, let's know what you guys playing. Um, as far as a group, we aren't working anything at the moment. Well, we are, but. It's yeah. under. We haven't revealed that game yet. It's it's our next let's play. So okay. we, we we have a good portion of let's plays coming out, or not let's plays, uh, podcasts that we're, we're sitting on that we're gonna like release in a row. But okay. currently, I, yeah, I've been playing uh, Metal Gear Solid Five and uh, The Witness. Yeah, and I'm playing basically just Bravely Default and this ridiculous Pokemon trading card game <laughs> on my iPad. <laughs> I just found it, so now I've been obsessing over battling the old school way. So yeah, nice. Um, my my current uh, gaming obsession's been uh, Axiom Verge, which just came off of Vita, which I'm I've been playing it on there. Yeah, I have Axiom Verge on PlayStation Four. I got that on sale. Um, I just finished the Division on Xbox One. And I just started Uncharted 4, which i going to... I think I'm going to have to do a podcast with that one. Because mm-hmm. it's... It starts out no as... <laughs> no No spoilers or anything, but it starts at, out as a 6.5 for me. And I oh, okay. and hopefully okay. hopefully it gets better. Because I've been seeing a lot of people, you know, raving on... It looks beautiful. Don't get me wrong. It looks gorgeous. But I think it's it's just it's a naughty dog game, and and I just feel like they haven't evolved none of the Uncharted series. I, I to me personally, they kind of make the same mistakes over and over. Um, so I haven't oh, really wow. gotten more into it yet. And hopefully, you guys pick it up and try it and play it. You might you guys might think differently than me, uh, but because I play one through three, uh, I just feel like four is it's good, but it. It, I'm like it just feels very average because if they pulled off the same things um, mm. to me, um, but that's what I've been playing, and I'm also starting um, Yoshi Woolly World, um, playing Shantae and the Parvis Curse on 3DS. Um, I am going to start Skyward Sword soon, uh, and I have um, I have the Evil Within and uh, Watch Dogs, and I'm nice. gonna try to get uh, get to that, and then. Um, and ju- uh, June first, I start my uh, backlog bash blowout, um, which is uh, which is uh, I since I got the Wii U, PS3, uh, PS4, and Xbox One, I'm gonna choose one game for each system. I give each game a two week play for my backlog, and then I'll do a podcast or write a little bit a feature on them, and then. Uh, at the end of uh, and I'd be, at the beginning of August, I'll do a podcast about all all four games of what I think. So I got two weeks to beat them. Um, if oh, I wow. yeah, if I beat them within those two weeks and I still got time, I can play whatever I want to or start on the next game. So it's uh, it's a two month uh, from June first to July uh, July thirty first. Um, 
And I'm kind yeah, of. It sounds like you, you got a decent road ahead of you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're a busy man. <laughs> well, I also, well, I also got to record E3. Um, you know, yeah. watching, uh, doing the predictions. Uh, actually watching the shows and giving reactions and stuff to that. So all of that's coming up in the future. But as for what I'm playing, yeah, those other games is what I'm playing. Um, and still, still and still playing Pokemon. I'm still waiting for the Skyward Sword thing. What are we doing? Oh What's yes, happening? we are. Um, we are going to do that. Uh, we're actually going to do it at the end, at the end of E3. Um, I okay. do apologize. We were supposed to do it at the end of this month. Um, but they they changed my whole work schedule, so now All I'm right. trying to figure out: am I opening? Am I closing? I don't know what the heck they're doing. So, uh, Sky Resort, I do want to devote enough time to it, so I'm going to change move it to June. Um, definitely def- after E3, definitely after seeing uh the Legend of Zelda Wii U and uh NX reveal. Uh, even mm-hmm. though yep, they're not yep. talking about the NX, uh, just to see that game in motion and then go into Sky Resort, it'd be a good discussion. Cool. So, yeah, I got plenty to say. Yeah, so just, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I got you, George. I got you. I got you. I got you. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> but we're going to get into the topic. And today's on today's episode, the topic is who has the right to your gaming library? Um, and it's talking about do your friends have it do you create your own gaming library and i invited the guys from simon's cakes to help me with the discussion because i know you guys probably play different games and you probably guys probably buy like maybe one game for each like maybe you buy your own individual games or one of you guys might recommend a game to somebody who doesn't play so um let's start first off with creating a gaming library um do you guys like to, uh, you know, go by friends to help you create that library? Or do you try different stuff to find out what genre that you like so that you can start playing? Because I know for me, I definitely like arcade and I definitely like retro games. Hmm. Uh, who wants to take it? Yeah. I, think it's a, I think it's a little bit of everything, really, because... Um, when I first heard, heard that the topic, I, I kind of my snap, my snap reaction, my judgment was, you know, I'm, I'm going to buy what I want to buy. <laughs> like, I, I don't want anyone to influence what I'm going to buy. I'm going to buy what I want to buy. And that's, that's going to be it. But, uh, and that's definitely part of it. But the more I think about it, I think like, I'll look at like my own gaming library, especially on, um, on Xbox 360. I'm like, a lot of these games I bought for myself, but there's a good portion of games I, I bought to play with friends too. Um, so I think like I think that plays a big part into it. Like uh yeah. like I may have bought like the first um Modern Warfare to play with myself, but like uh-huh. the ones going forward I definitely bought to play with like friends too and like all the Call of Duty's going forward from that. Um uh yeah, I think uh, I think I bought the uh what was it, the Portal Two? Mm-hmm. Yeah to uh to play to play uh the co op for that as well. Like I don't think I would have I don't know if I would have played it if it was just the, the single player or not. I mean, I probably would have, but I don't know if I would have jumped on it right away. I think Joe really hits it. Like you, you feel like you buy your own games. You feel like, you know, I want to play uh, the latest action game. Let's pick up some Batman. But then it's like, Oh wait, Camille likes that game too. Let's, let's pick it up together. So we, we picked up Arkham Knight. That was like one of our recent like shared games or mm-hmm. I think last year. And uh, like, if you really think about it, it when this topic came up, I'm like, you know, that is kind of true. Like the people around you and your friends and your family kind of influence you at different times, what games you want to play and what games you want to 
collect and, and play together or not, you know, and share and later talk about it. So I feel looking at it now, I, I'm very diverse where it's like, you know, I want to play uh, the latest uh, Donkey Kong or something like because mm-hmm. cause of my nostalgia for it. Or I want to play the latest uh, action game like like uh, like uh, Metal Gear or, you know, let's play a game together, guys. Let's get a Halo or something, you know. So it's a mix of both, definitely for me. Yeah, I'm more or less in the same boat, especially since we, you know, are all in the same household. We find ways to play games we can play, or we find ways to get games we can all play together. So it's a lot of what can we do? What can we play together? What can, you know, we share as an experience, whether it's a single player or tossing the controller back and forth, you know? Right. Um but it's, yeah, it's definitely like something when you get older, you definitely have more of a deliberate choice in what you're playing and why you're playing it. And then you're younger. It's definitely, a, you know, your parents want you to play this or that, you know, so well, the, the thing it you depends gotta, on the timeline, I think. I think you got to remember, too, is uh, the way games are marketed now is t- entirely different than when I was growing up. Like when I when I was growing up, the, the way I would uh, decide if I wanted a game or not is the box art was like everything. Yeah. yeah. If I'd go into a store and, you know, there wasn't really like a big YouTube uh, culture or anything for me to like see if a game is any good or not, I would just check out the box art. If that looked good, I'd read the back, see what kind of game it is. Looked good, I'd probably rent it or pick it up or show more interest in it. But now it's like, if there's a like a, a big trailer that'll drop for it or like uh, some Let's Play videos of it or something like that. Like, demos aren't as popular anymore either, like demos for games. Yeah, demos too. Demos yeah. have really fallen by the wayside as well. Well, the thing with the demos, and we was uh, and me, Adrian, and Larry was kind of talking about this uh, on World 1-1 Podcast. Uh, we were talking about demos, uh, the, the way that they're being handled is that they're attached to... Um, a pre uh, a pre sale, and th- and a lot yeah. of people don't realize that. And definitely, you could just like watch a lot of the uh like Sony's or Microsoft's or even like third parties like Ubisoft. Like if you watch some of their press conference and they talk about you know open beta that you might get. If they like, usually they say you know if you go to the store and pre sell it. Uh, and get a pre-sale and reserve the game, you'll get the demo. Instead of, like, with PlayStation 1, we had demo discs. Um, you know, mm-hmm. with the GameCube, if you went to, uh, if you went to I GameStop... Those PlayStation demos, discs, those are great. Yeah, and they, were, and they was also in the PlayStation magazine also. Yeah. Uh, you know? I remember I bought, um, what was it, Zone of the Enders, specifically for the Metal Gear Solid 2 demo disc that came with it. Yeah, I've been doing that for a while. I did that with uh, Final Fantasy Twelve. Even though I was going to buy Final Fantasy Twelve, I really wanted to play Dragon Quest Eight, and I was just like, I got to own <laughs> both of them. Um, yep. You know, and so we, yeah, we was just talking about that. That you know, we don't really get that many demos. Definitely, like for Nintendo games, like you really have to go to a GameStop or Toys R Us nowadays to actually try out the demo. And mm-hmm. after that, they'll they'll probably. After the game comes, I'll release the demo if you want to. If you're interested in buying it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that's uh, pretty crazy. Okay. Like uh, demos were really accessible, and that's how you'd really promote before. Like yeah. you're saying, I that that never came to mind. Like I remember for Dreamcast, I had like a little demo thing uh-huh, to yeah. play like Sonic Adventure and and other random ones, and you know if you think about it like there was a couple magazines that i'd get every so often that would promote a game or so but 
it'd really be like go to the store and and check out like like Joe's saying the box art or you know my parents pick a random game or I'd get one for a gift and that'd be like something like you'd later talk about at school with or something like that so that's just kind of interesting yeah I know for me uh I would check EGM for the reviews and for the ad work and because it was Konami, Capcom, Nintendo, and uh, uh, when it came to the Super Nintendo, Squaresoft, those was like my main four companies. Because since my brother had the Sega systems, whatever he picked, I played for the Sega. So I didn't really have to worry about uh, what game I was going to play for that. Uh, but like when it came to definitely for me with the Nintendo consoles, those was my four main ones. Um, Sunsoft was kind of uh, Sunsoft and Hudson Soft were kind of part of it, uh, but like pretty much Capcom and Capcom and Konami and Nintendo like pretty much ruled my whole any uh, uh, NES um, library. Yeah, I never st- started following. Um like companies until i got older but mm-hmm. it's interesting to notice like looking back there was plenty of like company like rare i followed a lot of rare games yeah acclaim too i liked back when they existed yeah. wasn't that um isn't that turok i think acclaim yeah. did a turok yeah yeah, yeah. turok did a claim uh turok did a claim <laughs> yeah um acclaim was was doing a lot of movie-based games uh until like even like even during the Super Nintendo, I think Turok is one of their original games that I remember. Um, mm. uh, or uh, did they do Shut Up and Jam? Marky Shut Up and Jam. I know they did mm. Street Fighter, the video game, the mo- the movie, the game. Um, mm-hmm. And they did that for uh, I think they did that for PlayStation and Sega Saturn also. Oh my goodness, that's kicking <laughs> my head. Oh. Because my friend up the street, he had the game for PlayStation, and we would play that and be like, what is this digitized mess? Like, the controls didn't work or anything like that. And I was just like, thank you for letting me play this. Now I appreciate my 2D sprite games of the Street Fighter series. (laughs) So, um, did you guys think that uh, genres, uh, did you guys sometimes pick a library uh, um, pick a library, pick a genre that are easy to get into, or are have you ever been forced into liking a genre that you know you have to play RPGs if you want to be part of our crew or be a gamer? Like, were you guys like forced into it, or did you guys find you know a genre of games that are easy to get into? Um, I'll kind of start on this one. I guess it was just a matter of what we what I grew up playing. Um. Obviously, the Marios and Donkey Kongs and stuff like that were more of your platformer-based games. Yeah. And getting a little bit older, the ac- the action-adventure type stuff. And even, I-, I guess a lot of it for me was just platformers, now that I think about it. Because a lot of the games I played, even in the PlayStation 1 and 2 era, were, you know, heavy platforms. You had Crash, Bandicoot, I loved... Nice. Um, Spyro the Dragon and even Croc. So these are all platformer oh, games. You Croc. Know? Oh, I can't believe you liked that game. Yeah. <laughs> it was an awful... I felt like the controlling was awful, but I just... I love that those type of games. Those are definitely games I remember um, going back to a lot. And just games that had that, that kind of side-scroller functionality. Do you, um, uh, do, I, uh, do you remember a game called Punky Skunk? No, I don't think so. Oh, you need to look that up and be like, oh my goodness, this was on the PlayStation? It looks like a Super Nintendo game. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, getting older, it kind of waned off into more of like an open world, more kind of exploration type of game, or at least a genre. And, and now, like, at least as far as what I was into, those are the, the easy genres, you know, and for me, the genres I got into just by association was definitely shooters. I suck at shooters. I really don't like shooters. But when I got back into like the late um i guess the late xbox 360 era Uh like i started playing shooter games primarily because you know friends are playing shooters it was easy to you know hop onto and um i don't know it's definitely not a genre i i prefer shooters but it's definitely a genre i have played a lot of especially getting back into the gaming world just to understand what the community's like understand these common grounds so um i think that that would be my two and then um, one thing I think that's more forced upon um, just gamers in general now is the whole MOBA scene because MOBAs are just exploding everywhere. And it's like, you know, where do you start if you haven't already gotten into a MOBA? So which, which is, I don't know. that's still something I do not understand. I, I cannot get into <laughs> it. I'm just like, y'all make a tournament competition of uh, what is this game? Like, huh? Yeah. It, it is a very growing phenomenon where yeah. just like you get on. I feel like you get on one MOBA and that's going to be your MOBA. Yeah, absolutely. Because we, we fell into the League of Legends kind of uh, circle, whereas like other people are in Smite or they're getting into Overwatch or this other stuff. Battleborn or whatever. Yeah. That, that's, that's just growing. But uh, for me, I, I feel like younger, I, I wasn't fully influenced by genres. It was mostly like what I could get my hands on. Because yeah. my sister started off by getting most of the games that were around me, like she was the older one, uh, my older sibling, and she'd get all the games and I'd eventually play the games that she liked. And I realized like it was a lot of platforming. Like those are the easy kind of games for like younger kids. Yeah. And then um, as I, as I started to get older, I realized like I w- RPGs weren't forced on me or they weren't like be part of the cool crowd. Like I think it was, at, for me, it was a more of like, this is like a secret kind of like, hey, like if you heard about this game, like maybe you should check it out. It's kind of different than just going and, and shooting things or, or hitting things. Like it's it's more of a, a thinking game. And I, I feel like that, that crowd was growing of like, of exclusive people. Like come in and join the RPG crowd once you've like f- discovered it. And then, um, I don't know, I think, I think older now too, uh, I, I you see a lot of like companies like trying to like push for open world. Like you need to expand your horizon. You need to just play Skyrim all day and just spend hours playing this game. Whereas like you know I'll play it for a little bit and then move on. But then there's games like The Witcher that came out and it's like spend uh, like years playing this game. Like I don't really want to spend that much time playing one game. So you know I, I really see that now with like open world games is being forced upon upon people which you know what's what's going to be the next thing that might be similar to being forced on other people well i know um back in the uh back in the definitely in the super nintendo days you would see a trend like rpgs were kind of uh if you want to play an action adventure kind of rpg like the legend of zelda you really didn't have a lot of choice uh uh Unless you played uh, a a little bit of uh, 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 act like something like Act Razor, 
Um, it's kind of mm-hmm. like a sim RPG, like some kind of uh, those platform action RPGs. Those were the ones that she would play because most of them were turn based. But I definitely back in the day uh, when Mortal Kombat came out, uh, fighters became bloody. So yeah. that was like the money maker for that day. So then um, after that, it was shoot 'em ups. Uh, that came out of nowhere and that didn't stop. And it didn't really get big into 3D, I think, since Super Mario 64. Like, uh, mm-hmm. like him, even though, you like, like, just like you playing play- Crash 1 and Crash 2 and like Spyro and 100% of all three of those games, um, mm-hmm. within three days. Um, it was more as like 3D was gonna be like the real big thing. But they still didn't have it right with the control. Like, even uh, with, like, Jumping Flash, uh, as a mix of platforming, first-person viewpoint, um, and then just uh, shooting up way up in the sky. Like, you couldn't really time your jumps that didn't end uh, landing uh, where your shadow stuff was at. You kind of were just like, is this going to make me dizzy or is this going to make me sick? Um, and then it tr- kind of transferred into 3D fighters um, since the Virtual Fighter was successful. And now, uh, uh, nowadays, uh, uh, Joe, like you were talking about open world games uh, being a big thing, I think that's starting to actually fade away. Um, because, like, even when you beat the main, uh, main campaign, there's nothing really else to do in the open world game. So it's just like, yeah, what is the next one, next big thing uh, besides VR? But that's something for <laughs> another day. Um, it, it's it's really cool to see the trends. And now you think about it, too. I remember growing up, like, when Mortal Kombat started to come out and just back to back, like, it was a big thing to start getting, like, bloodier and start getting more, uh, more uh, aggressive or just, I don't know, what's the, I know there's a word for it, but. Uh, visceral? Like, maybe. Yeah, like like what was what would be the next topic? Like you wanted to be like um be talked about at school, like, hey, like did you play Mortal Kombat? Like my mom didn't let me play that game or something like that. And then it we went on to Grand Theft Auto and I remember Grand Theft Auto three was was a really big deal of like you could do that in this game and Yeah, it was like a lot of controversy with those types of games. Mm-hmm. And, and like everyone everyone wanted to be a part of it and be looked at like, Oh, I'm a cool kid because I get to play these games and you can't. Yeah, and I feel like the, those games really like you're saying, started these trends. Well, it was weird because definitely with me, um, I use like Mortal Kombat and even Mortal Kombat 2. Like I got Mortal Kombat 2 when I was 15. Um, and the blood, the violent stuff didn't really matter to me because it's just like I'm working more on my skill. So when I go to the arcade, I could use that. You know, back in the day, you had an arcade port and then you had the console port. Sometimes they weren't the same, but when it, once the Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis came out, you would be, you would uh, even PlayStation One, you were able to take that experience home get better and bring it to uh the arcade where nowadays you really don't have that you know you get the game of it's violent it's violent and whatever and the only thing that you could do is is hopefully play with someone that's online and they don't rage quit you know they don't mess up the match or anything so it it, that kind of shifted and really changed and it's very weird it's just very weird because, uh, you know, you'll vi- definitely for me, you know, the arcade experience helped my gamer library. 
um, because, uh, of course, Double Dragon is different from on the NES compared to the arcade. But it helped me teach and learn about brawlers. So I could take that experience and be able to apply that when I go to the arcade. Definitely when I got to games like Final Fight and Streets of Rage, you know, uh, the Streets of Rage series, that I could learn, you know, the jump attack. Let me see if they if they throw me if I can land and save energy. Uh, what weapons I need to keep? Uh, make sure that I look out for a big turkey or a big ham because I know that goes give me big points and give me big energy. Like there was just stuff that I was learning when I brought um, some sometimes mature games or whatever game that came out of the arcade to the console. It gave me skills to learn, so that kind of helped me um, build up my library. Um, yeah. And, uh- like, like you're saying, I kind of grew up with, uh, like, I didn't go to the arcades. Like, apparently, the arcades started to come to me. Like, the like you're saying, Streets of Rage and yeah. uh, and uh, Turtles in Time and, like, uh, Killer Instinct. Like, all these games that were originally coming out for arcades, they started to come out through consoles. And for me, that was where I learned the medium. So, uh, arcades did influence me, but they they started off on consoles for me, so... It's yeah. just kind of interesting to see two different perspectives. Yeah, I think for me, the um, I, I, there was a lot of stuff I started off in the arcades, like uh, experiences you kind of couldn't have at home because like they didn't have the peripherals with them. Like uh, I remember playing this Terminator Two Two game in the uh, in the arcade, oh, and I was like yeah. this giant ass machine gun <laughs> that you just aim at the screen. Like you can't get this experience at home. Like they they could try and replicate it, but you're just gonna have to be sitting there with a little controller and a cursor or whatever. But like. You can sit there and just hold this giant ass gun and just mow down like all these little robots. <laughs> like, like I think I think I'd rather experience it that way. But uh, that that's something that the arcade still strives though. It's like these big like uh, like we have Guitar Hero and stuff like that mm-hmm. for our yeah. current peripherals. But uh, arcades definitely have this like you know what's that big machine gun or this big uh, time crisis looking thing like like sit in this. Um, the, this jeep looking car yeah, thing that... and, and get away from like uh, Jurassic Park. Yes, I love that. I, was, <laughs> I remember the Chuck E. Cheese, and I would always yeah. like want to go on that ride of, yep. uh, of any of the rides there. And then there's the, the um, there's the, the the Star Wars game with the lightsaber and everything, yeah. like uh, with the little joystick. That's like in every arcade where you can like fight Darth Vader and you can do like the three different movies. Which for oh, a, uh, a side thing, um, I, do you guys ever get the chance to play the Luigi's Mansion arcade game? Mm-mm. Not the arcade. I played the GameCube, GameCube one, but one. not the arcade. Well, our day from Buster's has it, and that thing stayed packed. People would not get off of it, and I'm just like, get off, because I want to play this game, and I had so much fun. It's it's pretty much the GameCube version, but it's done in a real cool way. Um, it was so fun, <laughs> but yeah, you guys are right. Uh, so so then console games are going to arcade now, right? Pretty much, yeah. Some of them, yeah. And the thing, and the thing about that is just like stuff like that kind of makes like Capcom money. Uh, definitely makes Nemco money because that Mario Kart GP you could spend hours on. Like you could spend maybe close to ten to fifteen dollars on that with friends just until you get a number one. Uh, that game is kind of addictive. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's true. Like. Um... Like just those for those games to come on the arcade and then becoming retro, like that really influences like what games you kind of seek later on in life. Like I grew up with beat 'em ups. I kind of I, I miss beat 'em ups. Like they went away 
And I'm kind of, like, glad, like, 2D uh, games are coming to, like, Metroidvanias are coming back, too, uh-huh. for um, for PC. Like, the people who grew up with those those uh, games are now making those games and are, yeah. like, the, those are the games you want to own now. Yeah. It's weird that a lot of uh, modern gamers um, are now going, uh, don't know that they're actually playing a retro-style game. Even though it looks prettier, um, they you know, uh, haven't really experienced the originality or where the foundation actually started. Because it's just like, oh, I love Undertale. Well, play Earthbound, play Dragon Quest. Heck, you might have to go back and play uh, Fantasy Star on the Sega Master System so you can understand where games like these came from. Yeah, that's definitely like a backlog of games that you could really experiment and see like what influenced what now, did you guys have a limit of titles? Like, would you guys limit yourself? With, uh, depending on what console you have, did you guys, like, have a cutoff point on when you're creating your library or anything like that? A limit? I don't think so. Mm, I, don't, I mean, I think the only limit I apply to any type of, like, buying any game is really um, the amount of space in terms of digital space. Yeah, digital space or if... Uh... <laughs> If a lot of games come out that are too similar, like I'll say, oh, I already have this type of game, and this yeah. is exactly like the type of game I already have, so I probably yeah. won't be picking that up. Okay. Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. I know I, I don't have no limit. I I buy as much <laughs> as I can uh, for any console. Like I probably now uh, own, I want to say maybe five hundred games. Uh, a physical and oh oh, trust me if i still have my super nintendo and my nintendo and the sega genesis and sega master system i probably will have about 1200 games including the including the turbo graphics 16 yeah uh only games i wouldn't have would be the sega saturn um and if i throw in my game boy collection um you could probably raise that up to 1300 wow like the only limits I feel like, especially for us, are just like, like fiscally and uh, and uh, the time. Like, do we have time to really spend to yeah. to complete Witcher? No, not really. Let's let's focus on something smaller, like Undertale. Oh, that was right. that was fun for for a couple of weeks, and and then just move on. So, I, I feel like 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 time and money. Like that that limits my selection of games, especially. If it weren't for that, I'd, I'd probably just keep buying and playing as many games as I wanted to. I'm guilty. I'll do that. I'll be like, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm buy this game. Yeah, they put uh, Halo, the Halo collection on sale for $30 at my job. And I'll just be like, dang, I finally got coupons and a discount to get this much, like $15. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bad. I'm, I'm very bad with games. Definitely with Nintendo games, when they come release, I, I, I'm out the gate for the first person to buy them. I was at my job huh? buying Star Fox Zero. Be like, I need my copy right now. I need my Bayonetta 2 copy, Xenoblade Chronicles. I waited an hour and a half before the store opened to have my copy. Yeah, because once we sell out, once we sell out of Nintendo games, we probably got to wait almost a month and a half to get more back. Yeah, because they never ship enough. And and, and that's Is when it, that oh. thing for sure that they don't like they limit their shipment amounts. 
Uh, for a for a certain games, yes, they do. Um, depending on if it's a big title and who's sending it, like EA, they'll mm-hmm. probably send like for their sports games, they'll send about thirty five to fifty copies per system, um, mm-hmm. because they're they're expecting it to sell bigger. Uh, they do that even for Call of Duty. They'll they'll send a lot. Uh, we got a lot of copy copies for even Destiny, and uh, that slowly sell. Like we'll get a lot and. You know, it takes a while until Christmas for those games to sell. But like Kirby games, Kirby games fly out the door. We cannot keep a Kirby game for a DS, 3DS. Heck, folks was coming in like two years ago for on Christmas looking for a Kirby for the for the Wii. We, we were, that was us. <laughs> we were trying to find. Uh, yeah, was it Return to Dreamland for Wii? Yep, uh-huh. that was. Like, could not find that game. And yeah. we had to buy it at the almost, like, the full price, if not a little bit more. It yeah. was, like, 50-something. The price went up. Because <laughs> Nintendo never never manufactures or ships enough copies, and they never oh. lower their prices on their games. Right. So, the thing about it is, uh, we would get a, a consistent shipment. Like, we would get five copies. All five would sell within the hour. Uh, we'll wait uh, a day or a two. They'll send six more copies. All six gone. Like, even up to Christmas, our that Kirby game did not stop selling until Christmas Eve. Wow! So we probably sold from from the date, the time that it came out to Christmas Eve. We continually said sold that games. Where games like Call of Duty and Grand Theft Auto and Halo and all that stuff, they barely moved them. Up. They barely moved anything. <laughs> Sounds all right. Yeah. So, um, let's talk about used games. Um, should you buy a system for used games only? Hmm, uh, yeah, I'll see why not. I think it, for me, it really depends. I mean, if you're on a budget, absolutely. If you're not, you know, working consistently or you, you know, aren't old enough to have that kind of job, you know, yeah, absolutely buy cheap games. But, you know, if you're trying to support a company or, a brand or anything you always want to buy new you always like i would never i would never like meaningfully or purposely go for a game and a a company from a company i like and buy it used like i'll always buy mass effect new always just because that's the i I love bioware i love mass effect i want to support them in the fullest way that i can and that is buying new so it just depends on your aspect on it you know like i didn't think of any of that shit until like you know, the last three or four years. So it, it's a matter of how old you are in the industry and, you know, how, how money comes, how, how money comes to you, you know, because if you just have it to spend, it doesn't matter how and when you're going to spend it. Right. But if you're working on a budget, you're going to try and be a lot more cheaper with it. Or if you're a kid with, you know, yeah. not that much money and allowance, you're going to save until you can get it, you well, know? Like if I had kids or like a niece or nephew, like I would buy them like a PS2 or, or something like, like a PS3, like here, ch- check these old games out. And like they're old for us now, but yeah, like that's still something for them to experience. So, like doing that and and being on a budget, that that's very true. Whereas like if you want to support uh, a company or support a certain developer, yeah, you should definitely buy uh, digital or or brand new copy. That's, that's at least you'll know that they're they're getting a portion of that. Because I mean, you could find some good. You can find some good deals, like, with used games, uh, 
But I mean, my, my default setting is I'd, I'd prefer to buy it new. But I mean, if there's a deal I can't ignore, I'm probably going to pick it up. Mm-hmm. And see, I know I'm guilty and I'm kind of biased. And uh, I admit, uh, like definitely for when I first got my Xbox, I, all I bought was used games. Um, when it came to PS2, uh, I was buying some new, but mostly like used games. Like for some unknown, besides now with Xbox One and PS4, I buy all new. I pretty much buy new. Uh, uh, for Wii U, it's uh, for Nintendo consoles, it's always new. I do ne- I never buy used games for any of the Nintendo systems, um, because I kind of support more on Nintendo than everything else. And and sometimes I miss a title. Like I, I'm like I know that other people are playing it, but I'm gonna wait for the hype of it to die down so I could go back and pick it up. And sometimes I use those used games as research. Um, I use it as the uh, as you know topics actually that for optional opinion or for just any kind of blog that I want to write. Because uh, there's some sometimes there's some games that uh, that are new that a lot of people pick up and play, and then they're done with it. And if if and I kind of have a problem a little bit with that. Like, if you buy the game new, great. But once I see start seeing it at uh, GameStop after three days or four days after it been released, and there's multiple copies coming in, that becomes very worrisome for me. Um, yeah, uh, and that which is kind of the next question I was going to ask. Um, did you guys ever have a refusal to buy new and at the moment titles? Like, do you guys just be like, you know what, I'm not going to buy anything new just yet. Uh, probably when it goes down the price, I'll pick it up. Or uh, some at the moment titles to just be like, you know what, I'm not going to get this game because I know it's not for me. Mm. In retrospect, there are some games I should have done that with, but I didn't. Because mm-hmm. I remember buying uh, the Fallout 3 I bought that new. It was like $60. And then you have all the DLC that came out for it. You have, um, like, oh, I think it's like Operation Anchorage and, and uh, all those all those other uh, DLC packs for it. Yeah. And uh, you're looking at, like, upwards of, like, $100 for, for that for that thing. And then, and then, like, what, six months later, the Game of the Year edition comes out with uh, all the DLC packed in. And it's, like, the same price you would have paid for it originally, you know, for just yeah. the, the core game. Like, there's so things like that I could see where you should kind of wait for it. Yeah. But uh, some some games like if uh, if I'm not sure of the quality or if I'm not too sure about it, I'm a little iffy. I'll be like, yeah, I'll wait and see if it comes down in price, and then I'll take a look at it. Yeah. There's just like you really just don't know because this stuff like that sounds like it could happen all the time. But if there's just that one game that you've really been waiting for, or just like you know, you you played. Like Last of Us, oh my God! Last of Us Two is coming out. Like I need to be in line to get that game. Like you want to experience that too. Also, too, uh, games you don't want to be spoiled on. Like yep. that that you you're following closely. You know you don't want to go on the internet tomorrow and everyone's played it already and told you about it and now that that experience is ruined. That those moments you really have to be in line to get those games right away. Whereas uh, something you feel safe about or something you know that you can wait on that that it's very easy to make those choices uh, of either or but uh i, I think it's just, it really comes case by case for I, sure. I think um well at least for me the only reason i'll never buy a game new that i want is either i don't have the funds for it or it's just 
it's either that or there's absolutely no reason why I wouldn't get it new. Because how I see it is, is like the only reason I would wait for a game is one, if I'm not sure on it and, and, or if the reviews reviews are a huge thing now, reviews are yes. one of the biggest influences for whether you pick up a game, whether you wait to pick it up, whether or not, you know, it's going to be something that you're into and also the YouTube and, you know, Twitch aspect yeah. of it, all these things play in a role now as to whether or not you're going to get a game. So if a game hasn't already sold you before purchasing it, then there's this waiting period, you know, and it, it is kind of necessary and it is a big part of the gaming culture. Now there are so many ways to receive this game, even if you don't pick it up when it comes out, but yeah. you know, I'll go I'll back to like mass effect or last of us. Like those are games I absolutely wanted to have yeah. and yeah, play. We, we pre-ordered yeah. and we we're ready. I'm like, that. I'm not going to wait for this. I don't want to be spoiled. And it's, it's a series I'm genuinely interested in and will buy regardless of if it's bad or not. So it's like, there's this tunnel vision when it comes to it. So I, I think in terms of like what would dictate whether or not you buy a game, at least for me is, you know, how much I'm interested in it. If I want to avoid being spoiled, mm-hmm. um, what, what the reviews are and, you know, potentially if there are other games I'm playing at the time that I know this game won't have any actual mileage until like months later, you know, like there's always this, like I'm playing this game right now. And if I get this other game, it's going to sit on my shelf for the next three months then wait for three months when you're done. Yeah, and then, true. you know, uh, uh, I try to be more smart about it economically, you know, cause there's just too many games out there now. But, but like, like you said, like you really tunnel vision on the new games that you want to get right away. Yeah. Like res- the next resident evil came out. I'm like, I'm getting that. <laughs> well, let's get it. Let's go. Or, there's just those series and those type of games that you're yeah. like, ready to jump on. Final fantasy 15, September 30th. I'll be there day one, no matter what to get it. Oh, yeah. Like oh. the sums, the sums, oh, you mean the upper was that? Oh, you mean Kingdom Hearts three? Or, or oh, that, that game too? But that <laughs> no, was like for that's a while. Final Fantasy fifteen is Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there are just those games you have to like be in line to get. And sure. see, Final Fantasy fifteen is hard because I'm thinking: Do I get it for Xbox One? Do I get it for PS4? Because I I think I'm gonna get it for both systems. I'm just probably spending really? like twenty dollars. How will you play them? You play them side by side at the same uh-huh. time. Actually, probably will. I, I probably will. Um, because I um I bought Tomb Raider on uh PS3, and I bought Rise of the Tomb Raider on Xbox One. But to have the collection, I bought Tomb Raider on uh, Xbox One, so I can have both games on it. Um, where like something like Uncharted Four, I already own all three for PS3, so I really don't need it. Uh, the collection for Uncharted Four, uh, for right. PS4, because I already own the other three. Um, definitely for me, Nintendo Direct sells me all the time. I I lose my mind. I see what the trailer is. I hear the music. Um, Persona Five is the big one. I looked at the animation and was just like, "I need this game right now." Don't play with my emotions, Atlas, because Persona Three is amazing. Um, and I gotta still go do Persona Four uh, for PS Two. Um, I really want to finish that game. But I should, yeah, the animation on Persona Five, I was like literally so and. Uh, Tokyo Mirage Session is like my next game. Ever since I seen the trailer, the first trailer, and heard the music, I didn't care what it was. I needed it now at that moment. <laughs> when they said Shin Megami Tensei and then Fire Emblem, I'm like, are you telling me Nintendo and Atlas are coming together to make a game? Um, can someone fly me to Japan and I could give them $60 <laughs> so I could just have the game like now? 
<laughs> just take my money. <laughs> just like, take, yeah. like literally take my money. It's, I was, I, I'm, I sometimes, well, I think one day, um, whatever, I gotta remember what Nintendo Direct was. I threw my whole credit card at the screen because <laughs> everything that they show, I wanted. I think we're all hitting on it too. Just that uh, emotional side of of gaming. Like, like if you're attached to something, you're gonna be there to get it. I remember when yes. Cloud came out for uh, for Super Smash. Like Joe's like, we're getting it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I bought Cloud DLC character day one. The second I could, I remember they texted me at work and like Cloud's available now. I'm like, all right, old, let's get it when I get home. Let's try them out. <laughs> and when it came out for the direct that happened, I'm just like, okay, it's just when it hits you, you need to get it. Shoot, when Ryu came out on E3 and broke the internet, <laughs> I'm like, how did John Mux break the server? How in the heck did you buy, break the eShop server for almost three days? I'm like, really? Yeah. I still got to buy all of that. I still got to... Uh, Bayonetta's good. I like her in the uh, in Smash. She's fine. Um, do you guys like the borrow rent or find other avenues to get like games uh, or use games like uh, go to a garage sale and see who's selling what? Uh, you, do you think that's kind of good to help create a good gaming library? Um, I think if you want a good round, rounded, uh, well-rounded library, uh, so, some of those games you can only get at those places, mm-hmm. or you can find them a lot cheaper. I remember I bought um, was it Final Fantasy Tactics again for the PS One, uh, and I bought this game called Alundra for yes! the PS One. <laughs> uh, I remember. I think uh, Camille was with me when I bought it. Where did you buy it? I bought it at a flea market uh, back back uh, back when I lived in Massachusetts. Right. I remember I picked up Alundra and Final Fantasy Tactics on PS One, and I I would have never have come across those games in like the in your GameStop or anything like that. So I was like, I got to pick this up right now. You'll come at, across them at a convention for like three hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, and I bought those games for twenty dollars. Trust me, working design games now are are huge in price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Magic Ray Earth. Uh, yeah, they're going to pay some money for that. I feel like like current times, like for for modern games, like it's so easy to get games digitally mm-hmm. that it's like if you really want to play and own a game, you just buy it. Like for as far as renting, I feel you know if you want to try it, like hope there's a demo. And if not, there's so many other games to play too. There's like. Uh, varieties of, of genre like there's so if there's not one game there's might be another cheaper game or it might be an older game like yeah i, I don't know I, I feel like borrowing is, is a dying borrow borrowing is a dying thing i think there's like because a lot of uh, a lot of um online platforms allow you to share your library with other people now uh-huh. but that is a form of borrowing i know but i'm just mean like physically borrow like lending something to somebody and like you give this back in a week you know what, what i should say is like renting like from yeah. a store from well a even service yeah even renting sort of like a dying thing so you have like Redbox and gamefly and things like that which i don't know many people who really take advantage of that yeah i, I feel know. like it's it's more for a, like a loner or like uh people who don't play games that often yeah and i was looking at the prices on Redbox too i was just parked and i see the red box up front it's like two or three dollars a day for a, a day. game yeah i'm like i don't think so two or three dollars a day for a game i'll just i'll just buy it at that point <laughs> because you pretty much have to beat it in that one sitting or whatever time right. that you have and then have it back like and a, a lot of people kind of do that like oh i got the game i already beat it um it just came out how the heck did you beat it oh i got a mm-hmm. red box and just played it at 12 o'clock until like eight o'clock <laughs> in the morning but like did you go to work did you sleep with like really 
Oh, a funny He's story. He's getting his money's worth. The $3. Funny yeah, story. But I think GameSpot is a way better deal anyway, though. So, mm. uh, because I work in a rich neighborhood, some parents were calling the schools and having them taking the day off so they could play uh, Modern Warfare 2. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, okay. like, your child should be in school right now. <laughs> <laughs> why are why did you call the school and tell them that they're not coming in because they want to play a video game all day with their friends? Like, like who? What parent does that? <laughs> <laughs> Bad parents. That's who. It's current parents. I don't know. Like, it's just they need to get their kids into shape or, or like really teach them. Like, you know, you can't spend all day playing with your friends. <laughs> But you know what? The, this this is the weird thing, and we're going to continue on. Um, the parents in my area of work, they buy their kids the wrong system because they come in and ask me, what is the hottest game to play? Well, it's this game, but it's mature. Well, my kid is nine years old, so he's not going to play that. Well, <laughs> what system did you get them? Uh, well, they have a PlayStation, they have an Xbox. Well, then you might want to get them a Nintendo because anything that's on these other two place, uh, other two platforms is going to be mature. Do they play sports? Nope. Well, uh, are you into? Do they know about the digital service? No, and I don't want to use my credit card. Well, then you need to, <laughs> to get them a board game or something because anything, <laughs> cause, and I literally have told the parent that they were just like, "Why?" I was just like, "Because seventy five percent of the titles that's on these other two systems are mature, and if you're not going to buy the mature games, you're not going to have them have anything to play." Where is there anything, team? Do they want to play Call of Duty? Uh, World uh, World War One or something, and they'd be like, "Well, no, I don't want my kid shooting." Well, then um, let me just show you the game of Monopoly because if you're not going to get them an e game, um, then you're going to be straight out of luck. And they'd be just uh, like, "Yeah, go ahead." No, well, there's like those rare games that come out recently, like uh, like Ratchet and Clank <laughs> or something. You know, like there's a couple of them for for younger kids that are like you could play these, but. Like, how often does that happen now? Ever a few far between. Yeah. yeah. And and a lot of kids be like, well, my son doesn't like that kind of game. They don't play that. Well, then you're like, you're literally out of luck. Because I, and I, for a lot of, because we have a lot of younger kids, and I do recommend to the parents, like, you know, get a Nintendo console because not only do you have just this main console, you pretty much, you pretty much have almost eight systems in one. And you could choose uh, which one that you want to play. You got a good indie section, you got good Nintendo uh, Wii U titles, and you can also go back to the Wii U, uh, the Wii games, and play it on the system. So you got a lot of options there. And they just be like, well, I'll, I'll think about it. And I'll just be like, well, you're not going to find anything for that child for them to play. Because, yeah, of, I, like, I, most of the systems that they bought them is mature. I would say, too, just, uh, a 3DS was just great for kids, you know? Like, those 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 are hardly, I feel, are hardly ever mature. Yeah. And, um, and it's more personal for a kid. Like, that's his console. That's his little console, and that's his game. Yeah. Whereas, um, you know, for like an older generation kid, like or just like a teenager, like I, I, you can't keep them off of like more mature consoles. Like they want to play with their friends and they want to play with these certain things. But if if it's up to the parents, they they have to really like consider going the indie scene if if they're gonna be buying them an Xbox and PlayStation. It, well, this is the this is the real hardest part. Um, 
and I feel like a lot of parents, a lot of kids don't have a really big, huge library because a lot of parents keep telling me I need a game that don't don't make my kid read. <laughs> what? Wait, huh? They're just like, yeah, my kid is five years old or six years old and they can't read. Then you need to get oh. them into a library. <laughs> like, I'm well, like, they, they can't follow along with the certain instructions of, of certain games, I guess. They can't read at all. I'm like, <laughs> this this one woman, she her son was eight years old and just started reading. And the son is wow. not disabled or anything. He just have a hard time reading. Um, but he understand how to use an iPad, but he can't read. Um, yeah, your priority is that you don't need a video game. You need to take your kid <laughs> to the book. Uh, hey, I remember like some retro games like had bad translating or whatever, but I remember learning how to read with some of those games too, or just following along like Pokemon and all this shit. Like, like just reading full sentences with with those classic games. Like, dude, like come on, that helps. Yeah, but it, I don't know. It, it's so weird. I still get to that, get this that every day. Um, my kid can't read, and I'm just like, man, <laughs> that's still shocking to me. Um, so we're going to move on uh, to friends of recommendations. Um, buying a game because of recommendation, buying a game because of requirement. Uh, did you guys feel that uh, it's good to uh, recommend a game to someone to buy, or did you sometimes feel like a game is requ- needs to be required to abide to like like you guys said earlier support a company like i need all my friends to go get uh shimagami tensei 5 so atlas can stay in business so we can get a part six <laughs> like you know is that has anyone ever gave you that kind of requirement or uh like done it done something like that to you guys I don't know if it was to stay in business or anything like that. Like, I need you to support this developer so they can continue making games. I remember uh, way way back in the well, way back in the day, a few years ago, I bought Camille um, this game called Eternal Sonata because I wanted her to try that because I th- thought she might like that game. Um, so, like, it was more of a a gift slash recommendation because I wanted mm-hmm. her to try it, and she ended up uh, sort of okay. liking. Yeah, she thought it was okay. She she beat it. I mean, she finished it, and it wasn't a short game. It was a pretty big, long game. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> it happens plenty of times, too. I remember when Bravely came out, Bravely Default. Um, like Camille, who played it first? I feel like you did. Oh, I bought it, yeah. yeah I was yeah. like, who did <laughs> Camille bought it first. Well, you had the only copy. you right. <laughs> and, and you were sharing it with us. It, it's just there's there are those games that, hey, uh, this game is amazing. You should definitely either get it or play my copy. Yeah. And and that happens a lot between us three. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. If it's something for the podcast, and we usually all all three of us will either we'll get it or we'll, we'll share it. I remember uh, like she was saying with Bravely, uh, she had the only copy, and then we we um we all played it. But I bought the second game on my own because I played that first game that she recommended. So yeah. I mean, so now you now we both have copies. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably get one too. Yeah. So the, we'll, the there'll be comes. three copies in our <laughs> household. So yeah. so one copy turned into three. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and see, I um, I, I, I have uh, Bravely Default and Bravely Second, but I haven't started Second yet because I haven't defeated uh, Default. That's stupid. I think it's an octopus or something. It's like it's a really hard dungeon that I'm at, and I cannot beat the boss. Oh boy, gonna have to go grind, man. <laughs> hey, gotta grind. 
and I that's the thing about it. I, I actually have to grind and it actually get those characters into a new job in order to defeat them because I don't know yep. what the heck is going on. The thing is, though, that game makes grinding a lot less painful than oh, other yes. games, though. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. As far as um, like I usually don't try to recommend games unless I get a little bit of a background as to what people are into. So. Uh-huh. Someone's like, I want to play a game on this new console I bought. What type of game should I get? Or what game would you recommend? My first question is, what do you like to play? You know, and then just go from there. But as far as like taking recommendations, I normally don't because I've picked up games and they were awful. And I'm like, I wasted money on this shitty game that this person (laughs) recommended to me. And it's like, well, not everyone's going to know what other people like entirely. And, you know, I gave it a shot. It wasn't the best, you know. Yeah, if I, deal. if I take a recommendation, it's, it has to be from someone that I trust and who yeah, knows absolutely. what I what yeah. I like and what I enjoy. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I feel like happens to me often too is is no one really recommends me anything, but I notice like the games that are people are falling are in love with. Talking about yeah, or, Undertale is definitely that. I remember, for you guys. I remember Camille was all about Mass Effect. I'm like, what is this game? Why are you coming back? Like so in love with it? She, she only had what beat one and two or something like that. Yeah, the first two. Yeah, the first two, and I'm like, "What? What is this all about?" And instantly, like, I played it, fell in love with it. And watching Joe play uh, the Witness before too, he was like spending hours playing this game. Like, what's the big deal? I want to know. <laughs> so I feel like just watching them fall in love with a certain series or or spend plenty of time with it, I get curious and I want to know what's going on. Yeah, I, I know definitely for me because of my job, I have to re- make recommendations all day long. And I, I sometimes ask them where what's your, sometimes I ask them what the budget is. Um, I definitely ask the age first so I can know what I can limit uh, and advise what people are playing. Sometimes I bring up reviews uh, what people are currently playing. And sometimes it's games that I would get I normally don't get but I will talk about and um, get as give them as much information because, uh, like for, for me, uh, one of the features that was supposed to happen this month, but I'm pushing it a little bit to August, is that I'm going to start buying Barbie games, and I wanted I want to do Barbie games, uh, not just to recommend or anything like that, but to see why girls are forced to get games like these and why are they designed so i'm trying to do a study like that but like when i get girls it, it becomes real hard to recommend games for them because a lot of games don't appeal to them and it's just like well i, I kind of want to uh recommend professor Layden and phoenix right to you but i don't think you're gonna get it and so i kind of hmm. gotta play it safe like with mario or with some kind of dancing bride princess game like some offbeat third party game like i kind of got to recommend that when i want to give them like really good games so it kind of gets uh definitely for me it's kind of really hard on the recommendation part due to sometimes the ages uh uh when it comes to requirements uh and stuff like that uh you guys keep talking about bioware and mass effect i had a big problem with bioware at first and my friend uh, recommended uh, Mass Effect. And I had Mass Effect 2, but I wasn't getting into it. Um, but the trilogy came out, um, and we could we didn't get a physical copy. So I bought it digitally for PS3. And me and my, my friend was just like, okay, 
we're both going to play this at the same time. I'm requiring you. It's required that we both play this game at the same time. And I fell in love with it. Part one is a crazy mess, but part two I adore. I love yep. part two. Absolutely. And I every time we both was working at with each other at the same time, and every day I came to him because I was going home and work playing this game, and was just like, okay, I made a really bad call about Bioware. Mass Effect Two like redeems them. I, this game is this this. You he was just like, did you do this? I'm like, no, I did this. And we he was going good, and I was going evil. So we was getting like two different perspectives, and I just fell in love with the game. Like I think it's Gargus. Um, uh, he's the alien with the uh, little eye thing. With the, he's like a Garrus, the best character, one of my best yeah. characters of all time. Like yeah, I he's love pretty awesome. Him. And and everything, and I just loved. I definitely, the, I gotta find out who the voice actor is. I really love the person who gave him his voice. But I, I'm just like anywhere I go, he's my ride or die. Like he's <laughs> always with me. I, I like. I, I try to switch it up, but I'm just like I cannot do this mission without him. I can't wait to do a podcast one day about I don't those even games. Know if it'll ever happen. Like, <laughs> I like don't know if we'll be able to game. just replay them all, but we gotta oh, at least sit down and oh, go if, over them. If you oh, trust me, I would I would have you guys on optional opinion for Mass Effect talk. If you whenever <laughs> you guys are down, be like yo e, hey, play Mass Effect two with with us and let's have a discussion. It's on and popping. <laughs> trust me, it is. We'll, we'll keep that on the list then. Um, have you guys ever been laughed at or questioned for the game that you bought? Um, and has like people's displeasure of what you have and go for it? Like, has it really got to a point that, you know, not losing a friendship or anything like that, but has it ever gotten like really out of hand? I don't think I've ever been in a situation where someone was like, Oh, you bought that game. Ha ha. You know, um, at least not that not not to my face. Yeah, <laughs> so me I'm either. sleeping at that. I, I get I, I feel like I get weird eyes from people when I say I play Kingdom Hearts and I really love it, and they're just like, "Really, bro?" Yeah, you I like judge you on game? that. So. Yeah, <laughs> See, it's, it's just like really Disney characters and all that. I remember you tried so hard to get me to play, and I'm like, "This is so dumb." Uh, yeah, Camille, don't judge it, us. I love Kingdom Hearts. The story is cuckoo <laughs> bananas, and the way that the flow of the games are connected. But I love Kingdom Hearts. Exactly. So it's it's just at, at a certain point, uh, I just like gave up on caring about what people thought about it. Uh-huh. I started wearing like a Kingdom Hearts shirt. I'm like, I love this game, and then I'd get compliments from people who also liked it too. Yeah. So that that quickly went away. Those those kind of embarrassments embarrassments kind of went went away. Once you embrace like that, you really love the series or whatever yeah. you're playing. I yeah. actually had um, a person mad at me uh, on this one website called One More Castle. They're not; it's not around anymore. But they had review a bad game day, and um, I did Grand Theft Auto Five. I just think that game is completely horrible. I I did it in a sarcastic way, and I felt like Saints Row, Saints Row Three, and Sleeping Dogs did the open world game better. And I even ended up saying that only reason why I bought Grand Theft Auto Five is because they was given a forty dollar gift card, and I used that gift card so I could buy the Legend of Zelda Wind Waker HD. <laughs> and oh, wow. this man lost 
his stuff. It was funny to me. And he was just like, how in the world that you, you know, how can you talk about this game? It's really good. And I'm just like, you go play that airport. Um, you fly one of the airplanes in that game and then get back to me. Cause I seen, uh, most of the controls was like playing the, uh, ET for the Atari and HD. And he oh, got man. upset. Like he was mad at me because I didn't like the game. <coughs> so his displeasure came from my displeasure, sarcastic displeasure, and stuff like that. Well, it's when you start hitting people in their in their favorite games or just games that they feel are are untouchable. You know, uh-huh. it's you're gonna get some heavy uh, heavy opinions thrown at you. <laughs> Yeah, I think for me the only thing that happens is like uh, Camille will be looking at me and be like, "I can't look dumb. I can't look boring." <laughs> I'll be like, "Yeah, whatever. I just like it," and then that's it. Yeah, which is banter though, you know, just yeah. like teasing each other about which you know, is which little is, games are trying. I feel is, like that with Resident Evil Five, where everyone's like, "That's where the series went terribly wrong," and I'm like, "I really like be, that game." That would be right. <laughs> I, I, sure, fine. They, they, they totally started to change it. But I mean, at the same time, I really enjoyed that game, and I like playing it with people. Like, what's the harm in that? But it's you still get that, you know. You shouldn't like that game, bro. That's not good for you, right? It's bad for you. <laughs> I don't. No, I don't think I'm mad at. I'll, I'll judge you for playing it. I judge Capcom for putting out such a turd. Which one? <laughs> six or I'm talking about five. You really don't like five? Six, but five was trending that way. Okay, I really like five. I feel like six has definitely a bunch of problems, but five is trending that way though, because like. I started the whole shooter heavy aspect of the game. Well, the thing was too. I was I was listening to this podcast earlier, and they were saying um, that you just there's way too many zombies in Resident Evil Five, like oh, especially yeah, at right. the start. Like it definitely um, it kills the tension. Yeah. That like zombies mean anything if there's just like hundred of them on the screen at the same right. time. Like in Resident, not even zombies. In Resident, yeah, not even zombies. Just whatever you're shooting. Like Resident Evil One, when you saw a zombie, you were scared as hell because like, oh god, this is a zombie that's gonna come out and kill me, and like. They were a threat. Like when you kill so many at one time, it's just... Resident Evil what the uh sounds from the zombie sounded like a Scooby Doo episode. I was used to laugh. But that dog <laughs> that dog jumping out that window just when I dropped the controller. I was just like, Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and it was funny because well it's funny because uh, I was working at Six Flags in America and I had got paid that Friday and went to Montgomery Wards when they were still open to selling video games and uh, I was old enough to buy Resident Evil 1 for my Playstation I had the original big uh, carb- cardboard game of Resident Evil 1 and I knew nothing about it. I didn't read anything about it. All I seen was Resident Evil and it said Capcom and I spent my money on it. And I played that game and I actually finished it, but that dog jumped out the window and I was just like, nope, cut off. (laughs) And was just like, I cannot play this game. But eventually I did. Yeah, Camille don't want to play Resident Evil 4, but maybe one day. Oh, don't worry, Camille, because it took me four years to beat Resident Evil 4 on GameCube. (laughs) I think I'm like going on two years. I stopped at one boss and haven't picked it up since. <laughs> I, I I got to um, where you go to the garden and the wolves are coming out and they got the tentacles. And I was just like, I got to power through this. But every time the must come up, <laughs> I freak out. But once I get past it, I'm fine. But I did end up being the game. Yeah. You're you're much farther than or at that time you're much farther than Camille. Yeah, I stopped at the first boss. <laughs> I was the, the the 
El Gigantai the guy. Giant guy with yeah, the, the dog. Yeah, the big giant swings the branch. Fight with the dog. Yeah. Hold on. I th- That's so early. No, I thought yeah. the first boss was when um you was in the boat and you had to throw the harpoon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she yeah, did that. Right, she got right. past oh, that okay. part. Yeah, yeah, so the second boss, I guess. Yeah, yeah. that's too much. <laughs> but you know what, Camille, st- stick with it. Beat Resident Evil Four because once you start getting like unlimited ammo, you just start blowing the game. Like <laughs> the eight hours that it took you to beat the game ends up being like maybe two and a half. I'm, I'm wow. Guilty, yeah, I'm guilty of beating it like almost three times back to back. That's how good the game was, and I was wow. kind of mad at myself. Be like. Really, I I was scared of this, but yeah. Um, we should kind of moves on to our next topic: uh, hating your own library. Now, this might seem weird to everybody, but uh, sometimes there are other people ownership of games make you hate what you buy and play. Like sometimes there are some people games who like they got the triple A and you got the like B rated or like low quality games and you end up kind of hating your library because you are only able to buy like certain games due to like like you guys were saying budget um and you know it i feel like sometimes you really shouldn't hate your game your library you should enjoy what you like to play and enjoy what you like to buy um because uh training your games constantly because it doesn't excite you at the beginning um so definitely when you're buying a new game uh some people they don't have a huge library and they kind of hate their library because it's so small because they keep uh trading games um and other people's judgment of you as a gamer um what did you guys think about this about uh people hating their own library i think it's weird to not just buy stuff that you know appeals to you or buy stuff that is directly what you want not a knockoff of it you know well, the thing with me is like I'll buy, I'll buy all these games, and I'm like I have nothing to play. There's too much here. I don't know what to play. <laughs> I can't play any of these. There's, there's too much. Like I think that's what happens with me. Like uh, just bite off more than I could chew. I think. And I feel like I don't buy enough games that, like I feel like how I play games is very like calculated in terms of all right, I'm gonna spend this next few months playing this game because I want to focus on this game, and then a new game comes out by the end of that. So then I buy that game or I'll just kind of sit on the emptiness for the next few months. And then I don't, it's just weird, you know, like as far as my, my own library though, and, and having stuff that I want to play versus like stuff that's kind of a knockoff. I always just go for what I think is going to interest me and things that I feel I can either share with these guys or at least, you know, have a great, I guess, aspect or experience or something to come away from it, you know, because if I can take like a soundtrack from a game or an, uh-huh. uh, an artwork as my background, you know, like those are awesome things to take back away from the experience to at least relish in it, even when it's over. So for me, it's, it's always about, you know, getting things at the start that are going to appeal to me and not just, you know, something cheap as a placeholder, I guess, if you want to say that. Hmm. It's, it's very rare for me to not like, uh, for me, for me to hate my library or regret a choice that I made buying a game, but I, I could see where the, where the case is like you just didn't get that current game that everyone else is on. You know, you just yeah. you didn't get the division, and now you're behind, 
now your friends are, are way leveled up or that's how i feel with uh dark dark souls dark souls yeah like yeah like i want to play it so bad and now i'm just like shit well everyone's already played it so maybe i just wait i don't know yeah so that feeling of being left out i think is the only time i i'd consider like um myself regretting my choices or mm. or, or other people but uh i, I don't know when I, when I make the choice to buy a game, I really feel like I'm gonna enjoy that game before I even yeah get fully into it. Yeah, I think um oh go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say like uh, if I were ever to like hate my library, that that's something I would do in the past because uh, back when I had back when um I think it was PS2, I I bought a few games where I was like, oh, these are just impulse buys. They look okay. I should have. And in hindsight, I should have done my research on them. Uh-huh. So I can point to a few games in particular. It's like, oh god, like what? What was I thinking? Yeah, Joe, what were you thinking? What was I thinking? Like, I the one or two times I don't do research on a game, and I usually do is like the the one time it bites me. You know. I, I want to say that for for my brother in law, like he was so ready to to buy a Resident Evil Raccoon City or something like that. Oh yeah. And he just hated that game once he got it, and he bought the collector edition and all this Ooh. other stuff. So I feel like what when people invest too hard in a game that they think they're gonna like, it, it it'll hurt them in the end. Well, it's more about expectations than it is about you know. Well, someone else has this game, but yeah, there there is that kind of downfall of you know committing to a game or a series, and then it just completely just shutting you down, shutting you down or out or yeah. Yeah, that's that's the unfortunate thing with games too. At least back when is that you weren't you didn't have as many opinions as there are online now you know you can go on twitter and read all these things about whether a game is good or not or watch videos or hear people review it or talk about it so we have a lot of resources to not make those yeah to not fall into that cave or to convince us like you know i had no interest in dark souls until i started hearing everyone talk about it and now i'm like i want to fucking know i want to know what the big deal is (laughs) will i do it right i'm probably gonna hate that game so we'll see but you but you definitely for me and even though I say I'm I, I'm a little biased with Nintendo games, I don't hate none of my libraries for any systems that I that I uh, own. Like I love my library for my Sony consoles. I love my library for my Microsoft consoles. If I didn't like my library, I wouldn't have about thirty five to fifty games for for that system, whether they were good games or bad games. Because I feel like definitely for me, there's a lot of things I could take out from each game that I play. It might not it might not interest me at, at a point in time, but if I want to talk about you know depression with the character, let me go play Papa and Yo. You know, let me go play Heavy Rain. Um, let me play Bioshock and like see what emotions that those games presented within their story. Um, it you know they sometimes it might not do something for anybody else, and they might not like it, and I might get judged for it. But I'm just like like we talked about earlier, buy what you want to buy. Like if I invest a, a lot of time and money into the games that I buy, I wouldn't kind of be here where I'm at now. Like I wouldn't be able to have an open taste. Yeah, I didn't like Grand Theft Auto Five, but I stuck through it all the way through. There are some yeah. good things, and the reason why I supported Grand Theft Auto five was because of max Payne three max Payne three i feel like is one of rockstar's like one of their best games at the top as a lot of people might say red dead redemption is good um but i'm just uh to me i, I feel like max Payne three was able to tell 
a compelling story, have fun gameplay in this gun in this gun battles, and just really gave me like Max Payne himself. I love the way that he looks when he's bald headed with the beard, like his character <laughs> design right there, because it 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 showed you that he was a drunken mess, and it took him it it took somebody's death to him to wake up. And that's how some people are. It takes something bad for you to wake up. Uh, and, th- you know, the way that that was, you know, placed in Max Payne 3, I was just like, I hope something like this is in Grand Theft Auto 5. I love that what they put in and stuff, but I was just, but that gift card kind of sold me more in the game <laughs> than the game itself. And, I, and, I'm guilty, and I'm guilty of that, but I was just like, I, I'd rather have a good library of games. Even if I get a bad game that doesn't interest me, I can always go back to it and just be like, let me give this a fair shot because there might be something that I'm missing. Um, Like I said about Uncharted 4, it might have the rating that I gave it right now, but if I continue to play it and it really delivers, it's going to change my mind. Like, I don't hate none of my games. If I hate it, if if you hate a game, don't pick it up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you like like you're saying too. If you've committed to buying a game and you got it already, you're, you're gonna find something to like about it. There shouldn't ever be that one game you're like, ah, I really hate this one. Right. Why did I, I think do this? there's only one game that I bought that I just did not like, and that was Borderlands. I did not like Borderlands at all. Even I just, even missed the train on that game though. Even multiplayer, it got so fucking boring right away. Like yeah. like I'll play for like an hour and i'm like i'm so done with this this is the same shit for the rest of the game i mean granted um i believe borderlands 2 picked up the pace with characters and actual storytelling but i was so over the gameplay that i didn't even want to give it a fair shot well i mean if the hook of getting a better gun with every enemy like didn't hook you then it's not gonna no it's it just been, I, feel the main like, I feel like I feel like the the all the the problem with that too is it's also all based on shooter and I'm like shooter again is not a strong point for me as a genre so like Castlevania when we did the Harmony of Despair game that was fun because you could have magic or you can have all these weird things yeah and with the shooter it's just so straightforward I'm like this is boring and dumb I don't like this <laughs> okay. I know for some people it was that RPG mechanic thrown in. For them, uh, for you know, to win some people over, but I was just at that point of time, I was just like, there's a lot of games that add an RPG mechanic. Doesn't make that the game is going to be good or successful. Um, I, I I played Borderlands after it came out. I got it for cheap. Um, I did or um, uh, buy Borderlands two on Amazon because it was given a gift card, and plus I was playing it with my uh, friend and his brother, so that's the reason why I got into it. And we were having fun at at a time, but it's just like once you beat it, it's just like, what do I do with this game now? And, right. Yeah. You know, and and that's kind of even even as a division, which I actually found a problem that you can't play the game without uh, being online. You have to have be online and this uh in order for it to work to play like the single campaign like you have to be online if you don't have it you can't play it well if the server goes off you can't play the game at all so people kind of spend mm-hmm. their money on a game that they're not gonna they're not gonna support no more yeah, i feel like that's gonna be the biggest downfall of, of upcoming games is how much they're so focused on uh, online. online play and multiplayer. It's like when people start uh, like falling away from this game entirely, like they, they, they're, they're going to shut it off. Like how uh, was it? Final Fantasy 12 is almost yeah. at, at its downfall. You mean 11? 
Is it 11, the, the one that's online? My bad. 11, uh, the PS2 server shut down on 11, but it's still going yeah. on uh, PC and PC. Xbox 360. And it's like, what's fun about current games is going to start to go away. Like, once people stop playing these games, it's, it's done. Yeah, I think, yeah, once you do, once you start throwing that online connection, I think that's when people are going to hate the, they're not going to hate the game, they're going to end up hating the company. Because it's just like, what if I get an Xbox One, uh, even though like Xbox Two just came out, um, and I want to play the division, and it's not backwards compatible. And Ubisoft be like, "Well, you got two months to play the game because we're gonna cut the shutter, uh, we're gonna cut the servers off." You know, it, even though it might be cheap, like for nineteen ninety nine, like if you want to get the whole experience, you got to do that thing in two months. But I'm like, what if you work and got kids and got a family? And completely mm-hmm. forget that the uh, the server is, you know, is now off. Like, you can't really go back to that game because they cut the servers off. Like, you're going to end up hating the company more than you would end up hating your game library. Yep. Yeah, uh, I agree. And uh, it's uh, something that older games are going to have one up on, on newer games. Is like, those games, like, they're complete and you can always come back to them. Like, that's, that's the full experience in the one package, whereas... You know, this online is going to be missing from a lot of modern games or our current modern games. I think too is um, that's kind of the landscape of that online games or of the, of the online games that are changing. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the responsibility is going to have to fall to the consumer to do the research and realize like what kind of game they're getting themselves into. Because if they if if uh, if they just pick up any game off the shelf and aren't looking at like what exactly is going into it, what like if it's an online game or, or not, they. I think they're going to have to like do some research and they can't they don't have any right to complain when servers are going to go offline because they should have looked into it ahead of time. Yeah, that's going to be a touchy subject. Yeah. There's going to be different opinion for for that feel. But we'll see in the future what really happens. And so we're going to yeah. get to our last part of the show. Um so who has the right to say what to play? Um does the purchaser of your games say so? Like do the does the person definitely as a kid with a parent uh, do they have a right to say what you get to play or not? So are you saying like, so if Joe buys me a game, does he have the right to dictate what game he buys me? Yes. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. When it comes to kids, uh, uh, well, kids are different. Cause you got to monitor what they're, what they're consuming. Yeah. yeah like, like the, that, that monitoring is, it's kind of important for any child development, like you, for any kind of cons- uh, media consumption, you know, you gotta you gotta watch what movies they're doing and and all this other stuff. Like, you know, definitely make sure it's not M rated and all this other stuff that could negatively influence them. But mm-hmm. you know, it, it's got to be there where where you're judging like, okay, is this game right for for them right now? And then uh, as far as like adults, you know, uh, as as far as like getting people gifts and getting people into games like that's it's still all up to your your own judgment like whether you're going to continue to play them or collect these kind of series or not it's very circumstantial though because if if say joe wants to buy me a gift for like christmas or birthday or something yeah that's totally up to him you know what to surprise me with you know that's the whole gist of it, it's a surprise but if I'm like, hey, Joe, pick me up Dark Souls, and he comes back, and it's like Crash Bandicoot, I'm going to be pissed. Like, what the hell? Yeah. I didn't ask for this. <laughs> if uh, if I buy a gift for someone or someone buys one for me, I don't think the, the receiver of that gift is under any obligation to actually play it, especially if it's a surprise. 
Right. Like if you're gonna, Absolutely, yeah. If you're gonna buy me like uh I don't know, if you bought me the Witcher three, which I have zero interest in, I'm not gonna like I'm not under no obligation to play it. Right, yeah. And and neither are you to say what I'm gonna buy you as a surprise. Right. But mm-hmm. it is that's the the whole thing of it, you know. Do you feel like when that happens that you're forced to play somebody else's taste or games that's not yours? It depends on how you want to approach it because some people just be like, oh, thanks. And then that's the end of the exchange. And then another person will be like, hey, you should put it in right now and play it. And then they're like, oh. Yeah, like some people <laughs> are like, yeah, if they buy you something that you're not sure you're going to like and you feel like they're projecting their taste of games onto you and want you to try it, then yeah, I could feel that way for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, I also feel too like if, if it's someone you trust, like I, I would definitely consider like how much – I consider their opinion to be like I, I'll take these guys' opinions on any, any game over any stranger or any one of like my family that doesn't know exactly my taste or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, if I said you NFL or sixteen or seventeen, you better play it. <laughs> All right, we'll see what happens. <laughs> no promises. <laughs> um, what steps to uh, did you guys uh, take to have your personal library, or like, what advice would you guys give for anyone who's listening and sometimes getting into video games? Um, like, what steps do you think they need to take to have their own personal library? Um, do you think uh, definitely uh, for for let's say adults, um, you know, people who could buy their own games? Like, what do you think? What steps they need to take? Definitely to do their own research and not uh, just blindly buy any game they want, not knowing what it is. I, I think the biggest thing is is how much time you're going to dedicate to this medium. Like, yeah. like people love movies because they're so short, and you you can like spend that that hour away and enjoy this one experience. Whereas like TV shows, you know, that's a, a bigger commitment. Is games like a bigger commitment? Like, th- there's different varieties. There's those short games or like. It'll take just the day or it'll take like the week or freaking months or maybe never with like Skyrim or something that that's constantly like up or like there's always something new to find. So uh, or, or like games that never change like like MOBAs and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. So you really have to uh, consider your time, I think, is, is the biggest thing I, I would advise people with. Yeah. And honestly, just go for stuff you are genuinely interested in. And like they're saying, do your research. That's a big part of it. We have so many outlets to kind of preview a game now. Even if it's on a demo form, we can preview games either by word of mouth, by, you know, Let's Plays, anything. So there are so many ways to kind of look into a game without, you know, maybe spoiling yourself too much. And, you know, if that if that's a route that you want to go about, if you want to be very cautious as to what you buy, that's definitely something I would recommend. And then... For gamers like us, I would I would have done so much work to, um, I think, hold on to my older library. Like, I lost so many Game Boy games during a lot of moves uh, with my, yeah. my mom and shit. I lost a lot of my N64 games. I have, like, maybe five or six compared to, like, 15 or 20, which is so devastating to me now, being older. Um, so it's just hold on to the shit you do have because that stuff is... Is valuable <laughs> to some people either actually valuable yeah. with real money or valuable to your childhood so yeah. those things i think mean a lot in hindsight and you know if you have a game lying around the physical copy hold on to that because you're going to remember that and be proud that that was part of your childhood and you still have it 
And I, so. I know definitely uh, I would recommend also listen to podcasts, like check out different people and their thoughts about certain video games. Um, definitely on optional opinion on my show. Um, from time to time, I try to do a show where I'm teaching about that genre. Um, like I, I did a podcast about, um, uh, how to play RPGs and what things to look out for, um, uh, helping them understand grinding, uh, recommending titles, um, you know, know your stats and stuff like that. Um, I even talked to like one of my friend and he was talking about how do you play a MMO? Like explaining all of that. Like we was, I, I try to present that sometimes from time, uh, on the show. So, yeah, just look that stuff up. I'm like, if you want to know about survival horror, um, find a podcast who talks a lot about that and then check out some gameplay on YouTube. Definitely now you can check out or if you are, if you're very interested, definitely if you on the PlayStation, uh, three or I think a PS, uh, PlayStation four, if they have something like Silent Hill or Resident Evil, if they have like some survival horror games that you're that you don't know how to play but interested because you you might be a horror fan i say sometimes pick it up for cheap if they got a like a sale going on it like like sony does a lot of uh flash sales and so you might end up getting a whole game for like three dollars um and it might be like something very interesting and that could start you on your way to having a good uh a library a personal library um yeah and like you're saying too it'd be good to uh to like you're interested in some game or a current game everyone's playing, maybe look up what games influence that because those will probably be cheaper. Yeah. Or like if it's a sequel, look up the definitely play the first games. You know, like start start small and work your way up if you're barely getting into games or, or starting to, to look into other genres. And and if you really want to get weird, look at uh, international games. Um, I know there are some people who play hentai games, uh, playing uh, <laughs> date sim games. Like there, there's people who play these kind of games. Maybe they like them, have have a fetish for them, whatever <laughs> it is. Uh, it might be something that you might like interest you that we don't get here in America. Yeah, you know the booby anime culture um, that some people are known for known to have and, and really like. Um, some of those games might you know sell well in Japan. If those games are able to come out on Xbox One and PlayStation Four because it's not reaching lots, um, you might be getting into those kind of games in order. It might say something about you, but you know. Uh, but if you're into that kind of stuff, like maybe definitely with Amazon because I think they do Amazon International that you could buy a game uh, from Japan and they'll ship it to America, um, which hopefully for it. Well, we'll talk about index another day because I I kind of hope that you know if there's a game that we don't get from for Nintendo of America that they open up a channel to release that game digitally and charge more. Like if if that Yoshi or Cap or that Yoshi game that or Captain game that didn't come to America, uh, if they ended up getting the sequel, I would literally pay eighty dollars to get that game digitally dollars. like i i think that's kind of better than getting a physical copy i would rather have additionally uh pay more and have it on my system hmm. that, that might be something for them to consider yeah. uh, that's a market too that i hardly ever delve into is is international or or foreign games that i hear sometimes pretty promising but you never know what you get sometimes yeah. you just gotta do your research like we're saying 
and you have to learn Japanese, Chinese, German, French, whatever <laughs> languages is. Um, but the last question, because we talked about uh, Camille, you were talking about valuing your games. Um, who did you think values it more? Uh, values their gaming library, you or other people? Like if other people find out all the games that you have in your collection, do you think they value it more or do you personally value it uh, more because it means more and you personally bought the games? Well, of course I'm going to, you know, say I value it more. Just a, a lot of it is just, you know, this is my, this is my collection. I've built whatever I have here based on things that I think are going to appeal to me. And I also like, love going in the realms of indie games i love trying things that are off off the wall like i've i've personally have a decent amount of like arcade games from um like xbox 360 so Uh and they're weird ass games like i don't think either of these two would have even thought twice about purchasing but i'm like yes this looks good (laughs) so you know i'm i'm totally it's it's all catered to me and since my style or maybe my taste is a little more eccentric in a sense it it's 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 my uh it's definitely me i think i value it more than anyone else could uh for me just just to go on the other side uh, i i feel like i have plenty of games to be proud of and definitely a lot of recommendations to give out mm-hmm. but at the end of the day I, i'm really looking forward to what's next and and what is everyone else into that you know would i like that 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 looks pretty cool i'm i'm a very curious type of person when it comes to looking at other people's stuff so maybe maybe I, I value their their stuff more and then just for the fact that i kind of want to experience a, a lot more things from other games too yeah i'm very proud of of the library i do have as as limited as it may be compared to some like i think it's a culmination of everything i liked growing up there's i mean i got shooter games puzzle games uh adventure games Plenty of RPGs, plenty of Final Fantasy games, plenty of. Basically, the only thing I don't have is sports and ra- sports games and racing games. Yeah, which I like. like those are racing games. Those we don't are... have fighting games. <laughs> which I I can uh, say I am going to be getting into sports games and racing games uh, this year. Uh, like NHL 17, when that comes out, I'm picking it up because definitely for me, I need to expand more and even though I do not play sports games I'm terrible. I do love double dribble in NBA Jam and Tecmo Bowl <laughs> and triple play. Yeah, the more arcade sports games I definitely yeah. like growing up like NBA Jam or NBA Street yeah. or NFL Blitz things like that. I great. wanted to bring that up earlier too. I always feel like the more unrealistic a sports game is, the more I enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that was just me. Uh, did you finish Joe? I don't know if you. Um, yeah, pretty much. I mean, the, I do have a couple of Friday games. I have um, uh, Mortal Kombat Two, I think, or Ultimate MK Three for three sixty, which is like an arcade port, which is terrible. But I have Mortal Kombat Two for the Super NES. Yes. <laughs> yeah, original. And I actually... that's the only fighting game I own. <laughs> <laughs> I actually uh, had to call Target in uh, in Gurney. Uh, and to see if they had it, and they did. And my mom took me to go up there, and she bought the game. She looked at it, and then she looked at me. She's just like, are you old enough to play this game? And I said, yeah, I already know the rules. <laughs> and she's just like, okay. And we did it on a Sunday. And I, I, I came back, and I disappeared for a good two hours. Like She's just like, 
Eddie, where are you at? I'm like, I'm in my room. And I was still playing Mortal Kombat, learning everybody's <laughs> fatalities and stuff. Like, I had to have that game when it came out. Yep. I'm Everyone like, did. Everyone yeah. had to have it. Because I was <sighs> a nerd at the arcade. And, uh, and then when I got my dream cat, dream qu- uh, drug. When I, once I got my Dreamcast and Street Fighter uh, 3 Third Strike came out, it was already done. I was just like, yep. <laughs> Maybe that's why I didn't get into Street Fighter 4. Well, I was really was, into Capcom, Marvel vs. Capcom. That was that was my, my jam. <clears throat> oh, I was getting my tail beat a couple of months ago in that. Uh, we was playing Marvel vs. Capcom 2 at the arcade, and they configurated the buttons to something else. So I'm what? like, this is not right. Like, the f- player one buttons was different from player two buttons. I'm like, who the heck messed up the buttons? And I'm just like, oh, I'm about to get my tail whipped. But then I ran, <laughs> yeah. But then I ran over, because I went to um, Gameworks in Schaumburg. Um, and, that, and they had it there. Um, they got the Japanese version of Tatsunoko versus Capcom. So I kind of stayed <laughs> there for like an hour and a half playing that wow. game. Yeah, but definitely oh, for me, I do value my library. I love all the games that I buy. I'll continue to support it when I can. And I definitely value other people's library also. Um, when people tell me the games that they play and what they have, you know, I'll scream, okay, cool. Or I'll be like, yes. And sometimes I do question. I'm like, you really like that game? Okay, let's have a discussion. <laughs> like, why do you like it? I'm like, ah, oh, I couldn't stand that far because of this. But then I, I always make sure that I respect the gamer. And when I respect the gamer, I also respect what they play and what they purchase and what they like. Because um, I'm fair. And that's what I always say, you know, respect the people and respect the gamers. Like, even if some people are um, don't really like the opinion that you give, it's just an opinion. It, it might not be fitting for you. And like you said, you always don't have to agree. You can always agree to disagree. Uh, but just enjoy what you like to play. And I and I definitely enjoy when other people are playing because it opens up more avenues of games that you could recommend uh, to them. You know, so. Uh, but that's yeah, this show. That's a great oh, way man. of looking at it. Oh, go ahead. Have you got anything? No, no, no. That was about <laughs> it. Like you hit, it, you hit it on the head. Like respect the gamers. You know, like it's all opinion. Like we all have different tastes. I'm sure there's someone who just loves one sports game and will play that the rest of the, the of his life. You know, like they're out there. People are out there that like certain games, and you know, power to them. Yeah, and so everybody, that is the show. Uh, everybody, uh, thank. You, Camille, Joe, George, um, plug your podcast. Um, give us more info. All right. Well, That's all you, Camille. Well, thank you guys for listening. And um, if you guys have any interest in following any of the stuff that we do, uh, we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, we are um, on the WordPress website. That is simonscake.wordpress.com. And literally, you can find our Twitter on there, YouTube. Um, you can literally find anything that we're doing at the moment. It's usually all coming from that website. And um, to follow the Simon's Cake podcast or just the Simon's Cake games on um, Twitter, that's at Simon's Cake. And yeah, I guess if you want to follow individual people, 
Um, I am at Lady Oddity on Twitter. I'm uh, Geogenesis999 on Twitter. Um, and I'm at Revenant Things. And you can also um, subscribe on iTunes as well to the podcast yes. if you'd like. Are you guys doing yeah. Google Play? No, I don't know. Not sure. Oh. I'm not sure if we are yet, but we will. We are we working on things. Get on there. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And uh, d- definitely thanks, Eddie, for having us. Yes, thank uh, you. Yes, thank you. Then you guys are um, welcome uh, anytime. Yeah. Anytime. I listened to your uh, recent uh, game ending one, and that was that was a nice listen to. Yeah. About uh, uh, like the controversies with Mass Effect and like where like and endings are changing like that. That was a good, good little thing. Yeah, I I like the end of the Mass Effect three. I don't know why people lost their cruel about that. Uh, yeah, and you can find Optional Opinion here on SoundCloud, but you also can find it at the Nominous Radio Network You can find it on Google Play. Subscribe to it on iTunes. Just type in Optional Opinion. Um, you can also find my other podcast, World One One, at um, SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, Google Play, and uh, not the Anomalous Radio Network. Uh, but just find it at those three avenues. Uh, Simon's Cake Podcast, simonscake.wordpress.com. You guys, subscribe to them on iTunes. They're awesome. They, like, I really cannot wait to nerd out with them. Hopefully, I come see you guys in Everston. I cannot, uh, just like, if you guys are going to see a movie and I'm in the area, I might have to try to join up with you guys and play. Um, and how, <laughs> how, how, um, how was the uh, convention that you guys uh, went to PAX East? Um, was amazing. Oh God, Pax is so good. It was also very <laughs> tiring. It, it was tiring, but uh, well worth it every time we go. Yeah, there's always something to take take away. Uh, you guys have to touch down with me. I really want to go to Pax. I really want to go there. Uh, I, I really want to go to a convention um, out of state. I have never done that. Only one that I went oh, to wow. was the yeah, only one I went to was the Midwestern Gaming Classic, and I missed it this year because uh, Jeremy Parrish and Bob uh, Servo was at um, uh, Retronauts. They was at the Midwestern Gaming Classics this year, and I really, I really should want to go, but I wasn't gonna pay forty dollars to get in. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> it's expensive, but well worth the trips. Yeah. Yeah. Um you also got also could check out the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Um I just did a podcast with them. So do check that out at Happy Hour at Johnny and Deuce on SoundCloud and at H H uh H P P uh HP Podcast. I keep getting these words messed up. <laughs> HP Podcast on Twitter and um you guys can follow them there. Um the Additional Nurse Advocates, uh um you guys can check them out on Facebook, on iTunes, on YouTube, the DNA podcast. Um, they're doing a really great job. Um, the NBC Video Game Book Club. We are playing Yoshi's Woody World uh, this this month for Wii U. So do check us out. We just did an episode on Donkey Kong Country. Um, you can also check us out talking about The Legend of Zelda where Camille and George was on. Uh, and I came in late on that one, <laughs> so. Uh, but I I did check it out, and you guys was having a really good discussion. And unfortunately, I had to record that day, so that's why I got there late. I was talking to uh, uh, if you guys just uh checked out the fighting game discussion that I had, um, I was recording that, so that's why I, I was late. Um, but do check that out. You guys got any else other anything else to plug or um any shows that you guys recommend to look out for on Simon's Cake? Like like what's the one of the big episodes that you guys 
uh, think people should check out? Well, we did um, we did the Lion King Let's Play in two episodes, so that was pretty accomplishing. It's a nice little short bite of our yeah. Let's Plays. Yeah, very good if you just want to get a quick, quick uh, like I said, bite in there and see what we're about. Yeah, we're currently yeah. doing uh, Arrow the Acrobat, which is a Sunsoft <gasps> game. Oh, did she listen to the... Oh, you guys got to check out my uh, platformer podcast uh, uh, episode. Oh, that, that might be good. Uh, and then... Um, what else? Uh, if we were just talking about PAX, we definitely have a PAX episode. I think our our newest episode, which should be hitting out on Tuesday, is Unraveled. We finished that game a while ago, and we're finally putting out the episode <laughs> that we recorded. But um, that's coming. We got a Triforce Heroes and something very special for our Let's Play in the Yay. next few weeks. So. I We're do, excited to debut that new Let's Play. Definitely. I do have yeah. to finish Unravel. I got it for Xbox One, um, but I got to get mm-hmm. far into it. I can't wait to hear that one. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to make sure that I have a cheeseburger and something to drink in my hand uh, and listen to that. I cannot wait. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, mixed feelings for Unravel. It wasn't bad. It was. It was. We it definitely was... talk about the pros and cons of of the game. Yeah, I just put it that way. We didn't like bash it or anything like that, but yeah, no, we we had a good time talking about it. Yeah, and it was on the the better side of mm-hmm. things. Well, everybody, yeah. please have a good week. Have a good weekend. Um, like I said earlier, respect the gamer. Um, enjoy your time with family and friends. Um, enjoy the games that you play. If you have any questions uh, about your uh, library or, you know, you want to recommend anything or ask for uh, rec- uh, requirements, like from me, like what's, what's required to have for my system, a game that, you know, that definitely needs to be on. Um, you can email the show at myop2comment at yahoo.com, N-Y-O-P, the number two, C-O-M-M-E, and at yahoo.com and you can also follow me on twitter at that retro code t-h-a-t-r-e-t-r-o-c-o-d-e um and you can friend me on facebook under edward varnell e-d-w-a-r-d v as in victor a-r-n-e-l-l um thank you guys once again for joining me um everybody have a great friday uh when this podcast comes <laughs> out um have a great weekend uh have a you know cook out if the weather is good I know we've been having sucky weather in, Chi- in the Chicago land of all this yeah. dang rain uh, but well, if it's we'll good, do this again sometime uh, yes 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 yeah. uh, cannot wait to have you guys like I, I'm, re- I'm I'm all about that Mass Effect 2 I will load it's on my PS2 I mean <laughs> PS3 I will load it up and restart from the beginning and go through that game and be like okay I'm ready let's discuss <laughs> All right. Well, we'll definitely keep you in mind if we ever get the balls to do it. We got <laughs> it's a long trip. It's a long emotional trip too. So I feel like if we're gonna play two, we might as well play one. And if we play two, we might as well play <laughs> three. Right. So okay. you know. I have the trilogy ready to go. It's just gonna take six hours to download. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks again for having us, man. Yes. Yes. You're welcome. You're welcome. And with that, everybody, we are out. Peace. Bye. 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 Bye.